welcome Wildcats to Weaver State Weekly, a member of the Big Sky Podcast Network. I'm your host, a man who hopes Waldo Claus is bringing a Big Sky championship for men's basketball this season, Colby Peterson. On the pod today, we have a man who hopes Waldo Claus brings a mini lit, lit up W for his office wall, Dustin Chapman. I want to see it. Nice Mr. big lights. Mr. Chapman. A man. Next, we have a man who hopes a Waldo Claus brings two round trip tickets to Frisco, Texas, one for this spring and, of course, one for next January. AC. I've got a lot of family in Frisco and the surrounding area. It's nice this time of year. <laughs> it's even nicer in the spring, say, uh, I don't know, around Memorial Day. Next, we have a man who hopes Waldo Claus brings all the negative COVID tests and that every student athlete is safe this season. Sean Lewis. I'm a lonely guy who wants to watch sports. I don't want cancellations. It's a selfish thing for me, but I want all of our student athletes to be safe. Yes, and finally, a man who hopes Waldo Claus brings him a sweet new Wildcat Rack t-shirt, John King. Good-looking shirt, Colby, and hopefully merch will be coming to Wildcat fans, you know, all over the place here in the near future. Very, very, very soon. Uh, I'll tell, I'll let you in on a secret. I'm working on the shop as we speak. So on today's show, we're going to be doing a, another player interview with men's basketball freshman forward Dylan Jones. We're excited to talk to him about his journey to Weber State. Uh, talk a little bit about uh, coming together as a team over the summer and into the fall. And a little bit about the recent series that we had in Portland State up in Portland last weekend. And finally, Dylan's uh, most recent run in with a, with a ref at uh, Boise state. <laughs> we'll also be talking a little bit about uh, the Portland state series up in Portland this last weekend. We had two games, one on Friday and one on Sunday, a tale of two games as it were. So we'll be getting the panel's takes on that and, and a little bit of analysis. And finally, we've got a Santa segment. We're going to be playing a game called naughty and nice. We're going to be getting the panel's takes on what's naughty and what's nice this last year for 2020. It's been a wild one and we want to see what the panel thinks. But, if, but first, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the show. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, any place that you can find podcasts. We're probably there. Uh, if you're also interested, you can follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Twitter is one of the best places to follow and interact with the Weber State Weekly crew. But also, on Facebook is where we do our instant reactions to games uh, as soon as they uh, wrap up. So follow on either of those two places and stay in the know with the Weber State Weekly team. And finally, if you haven't, please tell your friends if they are Wildcat fans or Wildcat alumni and they care a bit about Weber State Athletics, that we're out here, that we exist, and we'd love to be a part of their, of their week and their daily feed and keep them in the know on things happening up on campus. All right, Wildcat fans, we are excited to bring to you another player interview this week. This week, we're going to have a little conversation with freshman, true freshman forward from South Carolina, Dylan Jones. Dylan, welcome to Weber State Weekly. Uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, man, we're really excited. Uh, you're you're a high energy player, and so you know, first couple times we saw you play, I was like, man, we got to get this man on the show. Talk to him a little bit about, about himself, his journey to Weber State in Ogden. Talk to him about his game and uh, the whole bit. So uh, let's start off with that question, Dylan. I wanted to ask you. You know, you're you're a, a true freshman out of South Carolina. Uh, it's a state that I, I, in my recent recollection, I can't think of uh, another player that we've had come out of South Carolina to Ogden and Weber State. And so talk to us a little bit about that journey coming from South Carolina to Ogden to Weber State and how you got recruited. Obviously, you know, me being a freshman here, I came at an odd time with the coronavirus. So, um, like, I'm from South Carolina, from Columbia. That's where I'm from, born and raised. But I ended up spending my senior year at uh, Sunrise Christian Academy. And that's in, that's in Wichita, Kansas. And um, there I was able to just become a better person, better basketball player, just overall, uh, just become a better, you know, version of myself. And being there while doing that off the court, on the court, um, we were the number three team in the country. So with that happening, um, you know, during the time, during my year at, at Sunrise, you know, I didn't, I was really playing with not really like a lot of offers, honestly. And then when the spring came after I, you know, put a couple, put together a couple good games, you know, put together a solid season after leading my team and, you know, every statistical category except for scoring on the number three team in the country, uh, you know, Weber State found out about that. And, you know, so, um, so I mean, the relationship with Coach Ray kind of was fast, honestly, because uh, it was kind of simple. Um, I know I'm a freshman, but um, I think I got a mature mindset, and I think you can see it kind of when we play. But, um, you know, like when Coach Ray called me, I'll never forget. 
Um, cause, cause I, I got people in Utah now that's kind of connected. That's how I kind of know about Weaver State. Like, uh, Jarrell Brantley that plays for the Utah Jazz. He's from Columbia, South Carolina, you know, like, uh, he grew up with my brother and, you know, I kind of looked up to guys like that. So he played for the Jazz and Tyrell Corbin. I don't know if you guys know, uh, Tyrone Corbin, um, that used to be the head coach for the Jazz. Oh, um, yeah, we know all about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His, his son name is Tyrell Corbin. And that's my brother's best friend. You know, they grew up together. They're from Columbia, South Carolina. So I kind of knew a little bit about uh, Utah and Weber already. Um, so, yeah, when Coach Ray called me, it was kind of simple. Um, I didn't really – I mean, our conversations were simply like – because we knew the visit thing probably wasn't going to happen because of the coronavirus. So it was – you know, I, and me personally, I didn't really need a visit. Uh, my, my whole thing in recruiting, I told every school the same thing. I was like, I'm not going to go anywhere where I'm not going to be on the floor. You know what I'm saying? I, I just want to play. And Coach Ray's main thing was when he called me, he just he need players that, that's ready to play. So, I mean, it was kind of like a match made in heaven kind of. Um, and it just it just something that works for, works for both sides. So, um, obviously, I chose Weber because of that. And, you know, obviously, he's been here 15 years. And the things he's done in that time can't be hidden. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of school guys recruit me. Were, were schools that were, you know, on the horizon, you know, trying to trying to gain that name, you know, uh, trying to reach the level that Weber's on. But with Coach Ray, he already had done it. So I was just going to be another piece of that puzzle that I felt like. So that's why I was comfortable with choosing Weber. But, um, but yeah, that, that's kind of really how it went. But I was a coronavirus kid, how they call in the recruit, the freshman here nine days, because I didn't take no visit. Um, I just had to come on faith. And basically, I just had to make a basketball decision. So, yeah, that's why that's how I got here. Well, I'd say thus far, grateful for you making that basketball decision because you've played really well in the few games that we have been able to have this <laughs> season. And uh, I guess that makes sense now, you know, learning that you had played at Sunrise in Kansas. Kansas has been a state that's been very good to Weaver State. You know, I, I don't know if you know Jarek Harding. Just, uh, you guys just barely missed each other, but Jarek Harding also from the state of Kansas and now Weber State's all-time leading scorer. So Kansas is a state that is closer and closer to Weber State fans hearts as time goes on hey Dylan I have a, a question for you um so this year with coronavirus um you we have the big skies made it a, a deal with they're going to schedule uh where they schedule two games against the same opponent in a weekend and this is unlike anything that they've ever kind of done before um but I kind of wanted to ask you like what it was like to play Portland State twice last weekend because the second game kind of seemed a little chippier than the first. And so I just wanted to say, like, what was it like to play against one team, you know, play against a team on Friday night, then turn around again on Sunday, play the same team? Like, what was kind of that atmosphere like on the court? On the court, I would say that, you know, we wasn't really thinking about it too much of, like, you know, playing the same team twice. You know, it's just always fun to compete against, you know, somebody else other than yourselves in practice, which we was doing for a while with the coronavirus. So I think we were just, you know, just still humbled that we were able to still play a team, you know, regardless if we playing them back to back or however that goes. But um, obviously credit to Portland State for the, the game, the second game on Sunday. But, um, you know, just getting back, talking to our coaches today and stuff, you know, that game was that, that game was honestly uh, things that we could control. You know, obviously we look at the score, we lost by two points, but, you know, it's a couple of sessions leading up to that, that we, that honestly, like they, they, they capitalized on our mistakes. You know, they made every big shot they need to make. Um, I don't know how it looks from the outside looking in, but um, honestly, us, it, our whole thing is, you know, like they got to come see us. You know what I'm saying? Like we, they got to play us. You know, we just beat them by 30 and to us to go, go out there and lose, you know, I'm glad, honestly, I'm personally, I'm glad it happened now because, that game is going to help us so much in like, you know, in the future when we play these other teams, because we know we can't relax. You know what I'm saying? We beat a team by 30 points, you know, by any means we got to win the next game. But, you know, unfortunately we didn't, but you know, it's a learning lesson, you know, in these, in these times like this, you know, you never lose, you always learn, you know what I'm saying? So that's how we looking at it right now. But uh, playing Portland state back to back, we were just humble, honestly, to just be able to play another game against another other players than ourselves. One of the things we talked about, uh, DJ, is is the adjustments made between uh, Friday and or and Sunday. 
And uh, on our post-game show on Friday, uh, we talked about what adjustments would Coach Ray want to make um, between the two games. And we, we all talked about how, hey, you guys just boat raced them. You, you got them up by 30. You, the game plan was obviously working. Um, what do you think the biggest difference was for the Wildcats in the two games? Um, and the, and for, you mentioned from looking on from the inside versus the outside, the biggest stat that stood out to me was 111 from three-point land. Um, and you, you, you hit, you hit two or three of those shots. This is a different game, right? Yeah. So basically what I would say the difference was in the two games is mentally, I think like, like naturally we were like, you know, we just beat this team by 30. There's no way we can lose. Um, we probably didn't say that, but like, you know, naturally, you know, you probably kind of feel like that a little bit, you know, in your head, you're thinking that, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like there's no way this team's going to beat us. But, um, I mean, honestly, it, it's kind of hard to say. Like, it's, it, I mean, it was just a, they came, we knew they were, this is Portland State, you know. Credit, I don't know Portland State, you know. I'm not from this side of town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know none of these teams. So, um, Coach Ray, I'm listening to everything my coach is saying. And he's like, he's, Co- Portland State is going to come out with energy. This is the team they are. This is who they've been for the last whatever years. They're going to come out one to win. Because if a team beat us at home like that, we're going to do the same thing. Yep. So our our whole thing was be ready to play because they're going to come out and match their energy. And I think early, we didn't. In the second half, we did, obviously. Whole different yeah, yeah. in the second half. But it's, it's too late at that point. That's you guys had that. Come. You had a 15-point run uh, midway mm-hmm. through the second period uh, right. that got you back in that game. Um, mm-hmm. and, and you took the lead after that. And uh, uh, I, I thought your energy in the second half was much better than the energy in the first half. And, and you know, credit to you guys for making the, the run to come back. Um, and, you know, a couple things go different. You know, even if Cody makes that last shot, you know, we could argue whether there should have been a foul called on that. But, uh, you know, you guys had a position to win. So I'm, I'm, right. it's a loss. It hurts. But uh, you guys showed a lot of grit and a lot of uh, uh, good energy and being able mental fortitude and being able to come back uh, right. from, from the halftime deficit. But the, the, way, the way we're looking at it from our perspective is, you know, Friday, you know, everybody's seeing what we could do or who we could be. That can't be hidden. We beat this team by, you know, Portland State supposed to be top of the league or whatever, and we beat them by 30 points, you know. We can be that when we want to be that. We just got to do it. You know what I'm saying? Friday, come out lax, we're going to get beat. It's just that simple. So we yeah. like it's it's not like a like you know it's not a bunch of X's and O's in this and this fix. You know what I'm saying? It's just yeah. simply like you know it's just mental. Honestly, we just got to know like you know we can't lack. We gotta we gotta play. Awesome. So that's really all it is. It ain't it's the, it's no really no X's and no changes because in the second half we got whatever we wanted. Yeah, you know what I'm at saying? the rim. So, yeah, at the rim, you guys were getting yeah. shots at the rim, getting rebounds. You know, the three mm-hmm. weren't, weren't falling for you guys, which is that's just that's just the way that that's the game, right? But mm-hmm. you know, getting getting shots at the rim, getting to the free throw line, you were getting what you wanted, and it and it got you back in the game. So, in spite of poor three point shooting, mm-hmm. you guys were still back in the game, and I think it shows the grit of this group of guys. I didn't even think about this, but y'all just reminded me we made ten threes on Friday. And we only shoot eleven on on Sunday, like like just little things like that. Yeah, like yeah. Basketballs basketballs make or miss, but like, you know what I'm saying? It's just little things like that. Like you know what I'm saying? We control like you know, shots one falling. So what? We still had a chance to win. You know what I'm saying? But it's just a part. It's basketball. It's a part of it. Well, and and to me, it feels like uh, you know as I was looking at them, they they made more shots than they were making on Friday night too. I mean, their their top two scorers, you know, James and Khalid, they were they were hitting shots that they weren't hitting on Friday. But I will say this, I very much like what you said about lesson learned. I mean, you guys haven't, usually you're going to have five, 10 preseason games to, to work these things out and to get those experiences where they don't matter. And it's not a conference loss, whatever. So I'm with you. I like that. This is a lesson to get out of the way that in a strange year that you couldn't get out of the way earlier, that it only helps you guys going forward, especially with so many new people on the team. Right. And, and I, and I think people under like under undermine that, like, you know, usually, like, you know, it takes teams a couple games to get rolling, you know what I'm saying? That's that's normal. That's any team. But I think our situation is even more special because of how many new guys we have. That's hard to do. We have how many? 
I think it's nine or ten. How many ever we have? Nine. Yeah. That's hard to do for a team to, you know, like we look good now and we're nowhere near our peak. Nowhere near. You know what I'm saying? Friday was just like a like a sample, you know. We'll we show y'all what we can do. You know what I'm saying? But but like like you're saying, that's technically that was only our that was our fourth game we played together. That's hard to do. And and to beat a team back to back like that, that's that was a that was a, a tall task and we could have very well completed it with ease. You know what I'm saying? We we could we do some different things down the stretch, but yeah, I, I I like what you said though when you said, Mr. Uh, Chapman, what you said about yeah, we just we we got a team full of new guys. Like we literally, this is literally like that was our fifth game playing with each other. That's not to be taken lightly. You know what I'm saying? That's that's hard to do. It is. It's very hard to do, yeah. especially yeah. especially in a COVID year with everything else going on. So, uh, right. very much respect. We we all see the potential and what's going to happen here uh, as you guys gel. Um, I want to talk just real quick about your recruitment again. Kind of go back to that a little bit. Uh, South Carolina to Kansas to Utah. So, tell <laughs> tell me your first impressions of Ogden. <laughs> how how, have you, how how's the snow been? And 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 then lastly, I mean, what, what do you what do you like doing around town? Well, in in Kansas, it kind of snowed a little bit, so I kind of got used to it just a little. But um, honestly, uh, it's snowing some now, but it hasn't been snowing as much as I heard it was. I don't no. know if that's different than it's right been now. real light this year, real real light this year. <laughs> wait wait yeah. till January, right? <laughs> so, um, so yeah. But personally, I love Ogden just simply because, like you know, a lot of people go to play basketball for different reasons. You know, education, whatever. I know what I'm trying to do with basketball, and um, you know, and when you're when uh, when I have goals like I do, you kind of don't want to be in like no huge major city. You know, you get lost in the sauce. I like to call it, you know, you just get caught up in the wrong thing. Um, I'd like Ogden because it ain't like the country, like Kansas, but like, you know, it's still like, you know, some city a little bit, you know, you can still go, got some restaurants, stuff, stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? So I love Ogden. It's just per, it's just ideal for, uh, it's an ideal location for a dedicated basketball player, let's say. You know, because you get to focus on basketball, you obviously get to focus on school. And you know it, you're not in the middle of nowhere, so <laughs> you see y'all guys see uh, his screen. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. He changed it up. <laughs> yeah, but um, I love Ogden though. A- a- around town, um, obviously with Corona, they don't want us out like that, so I don't really be going out like that. But obviously, I'm not hostage in the house. My favorite place around here though would probably be. Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. I like uh, pig in a jelly jar. Mm-hmm. I try to. I sometimes get the, the. I ain't got no money now, so I, I try to. I get the uh, Thursday uh, five dollar chicken and waffles sometimes. That, that's some good waffles. stuff right there, chicken DJ. And waffles. That's some really good stuff right chicken there. Chicken and waffles. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> I, I get I get that from picking the jelly jar sometimes, and uh, Jake's is cool too. Obviously, that's right there. That's awesome. We, we 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 ask these guys all these questions about best places to eat. We got to get some of these restaurants to sponsor us because that's we're right. getting all, all the that's free right. pub. That's right. like the third or fourth shout out for Jake. So yeah, we got to get those foods up. But I, love, I, I do love picking a jelly jar. My my uh, my father in law is from North Carolina, right? Okay. And uh, and I love to barbecue. And he is constantly telling me that I need to, you know, get some get some pulled pork and put yeah. some vinegar in my sauce and, and do it upright. It's it's the best thing in the world. Yes, Not sir. for sure. Yeah, picking jelly jar is really good. <laughs> it's expensive AC- though, so I can only go on Thursday, and it's cheap. <laughs> yeah, wrong with we, that, we feel that pain that's the only time any of us can go to right <laughs> ac what about you you got a question for dj here all right dj i got a couple of things for you so i feel like you specifically are in a really unique place with this team because we got a whole bunch of leadership on this team you got a lot of juniors a lot of seniors on this team and then when you look at the guys who are getting a lot of minutes significant playing time you're kind of the one true freshman right Mm-hmm. And also you're like, you're kind of this super sub, you come off the bench and you, you can do it all. You can score, you can rebound, you defend. I think you're leading the team in steals. You're averaging like two over two and a half a game, like 2.8 or something a game. And so when you come off the bench and come into the game, what's your mentality? Honestly, when I was coming here, uh, and you know, cause I like you, cause I was like the last signee and you see all these recruits, you know, higher, higher age and, you know, all this, and you kind of wondering, like, hey, like, you know, how you gonna fit in this? But, and then I then I started reading some articles, Coach Ray, you know, saying, like, you know, 
the, like the main thing they were doing, they were trying to get older and all this. And I'm like, well, they just gonna have to, you know what I'm saying? They just ain't gonna, they just gonna have to not play me because I know what I do. I don't care if I'm a a, a, a red shirt senior or a freshman. I know what I do when I'm on the court. I win straight up. And Coach Ray liked to win. So if he liked to win, he's going to put me on the court. That simple. You know what I'm saying? So um, when I'm on the bench, honestly, um, being a smart player, I'm looking at things like I'm not even thinking about what I'm going to get in. I'm thinking about things like, you know, first of all, like, like what are we not doing that I can help them? So, like, you know, maybe we give a couple offensive rebounds. I'm about to come in and grab every rebound. Or if we don't got no energy on D, I'm about to come in. I'm about to talk. I'm about to get people, you know, amped up to play. You know, that's what I do. But um, when I come in the game, all I do, all I think about is, you know, make him not take you off the court. Make him have to take you out just because you're that tired. That's what that's what my coach used to call it. He just 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 do so much till you get tired, and then he just got to take you out. You know what I'm saying? So um, that's my whole mindset, though. Like, make him take me out. Make him take me out. Maybe if I turn it over a couple times, cool, he can take me out. Coach, you know, coach me up, whatever. But, you know, when I'm in, I don't really be – I'm just a simple player. I, I make the right plays, I play defense, and I just talk to my teammates. And that's every coach's best friend. So when I come in, I just think, like, make Coach Ray take me out. And, and, it's, and, it, and it's crazy because, you know, I, I ain't, I ain't going to sit up here and lie. I read the article. Coach Ray, he, he said it. You know, they trying to get older. Big style's an old league with all this. And I'm like, well, you know what I'm saying? I'm the only freshman. So obviously he believes what he's saying, but, you know, whatever. He's going to have to not play me. And then in practice, you know, I'm showing it. So I get on the court, you know, I get on the court, 15 minutes, whatever. But when I'm out there, it's so contagious. Like, you know, he got to play me. He just got to play me. So that's, DJ, just, that's I- just what it is. I, I think I love your attitude, and I think one of the things that you should do is take this as a compliment that you're getting playing time as a freshman because that's mm-hmm. going to play pay dividends for you as a junior and senior when you're the team leader, right? Um, right, right, right. And that attitude is contagious. I, I love that attitude. Thanks for sharing that. No, nah, for sure. So, and and I, I love to do these interviews because, like, I like to let it spill, honestly. Like, that's just how I felt. Like, he just going to have to – he, Coach Ray, going to have to not play me. It's just that simple. I love it, man. I love the moxie. Um, being being the, the real only real freshman on the team, I mean, how is that? Are, are, you, are you carrying any bags or anything like that? Is there any, anything like that happen on the team? Yeah, so this is our first, like, real – we had to fly to Portland, and I was carrying some bags around the airport, you know, traditional freshman duties. And I was just like, you know, it's part of it, you know. I ain't going to be great tomorrow, so – uh, I gotta, I gotta pay my dues. That's how. I, that's, that's my attitude with it. I'm humble with it, though. Honestly, I'm humble with it. Yeah. Well, especially where you know you're rooming with IB, and IB is such a, such a leadership presence from the team. I think it's a smart choice to have him room with you. And uh, we don't know much about Darwish yet. Uh, hopefully, get a chance to chat with him very soon. Just got his uh, his transfer or his waiver approved last week, so he'll start to get more minutes, and uh, we look forward to that. But uh, before we wrap up, DJ, I wanted to ask you about uh, an incident that happened in the, the game against Boise State last week. Like you said, you're an energy guy. You're a guy who's passionate about the game uh, on a fast break, had a, had a good a good play, got the and one, and, uh, you know, pumped the fist. But, oh, man, there was a reference. <laughs> How'd that happen? Man? Take, take us through that play. How'd that happen? So a lot of people see the clip of me making a layup and just hitting the ref. But, like, you know, um, they don't – They nobody ever sees the whole sequence, you know. We have the mm-hmm. free throw line. I, at this, as soon as I check in, I get a steal, dive on the floor, whatever, get the ball, get the ball back and score and one layup. And me being as passionate, I was just like, I was just fired up, just about to give the, you know, the hoorah fist pump. and Got the Tiger Woods just, out there. Yeah, and it was just wrong place, wrong time. Like, yeah, man. And, and he uh, he told me, he was like, yeah, I should have throw you out, but. Uh, he, 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 he knew it wasn't intentional at all. Yeah, it was totally an accident. Playing, so oh, that's good, man. We were, we were, we were glad. I mean, we all had to chuckle a little bit. We were watching that game, uh, online and, uh, when that happened, we, we were laughing, but at the same time, you know, we knew, you know, you were worried about the guy you made sure he was all good and, right, you know, right. it was all, it was all, it was all in fun. So glad he was okay. And, 
Glad you got to stay in the game because, like I said, we like your presence off the bench. We like the energy you bring to the game. For sure. DJ, yeah, we're looking forward to uh, you guys will have uh, your next game against Brigham Young on Wednesday at the Viv. So that'll be a big game. Uh, obviously, you know, Brigham Young's got a pretty decent squad these days. And so uh, hope to hope to looking forward to seeing you guys playing in the Viv um, on Pluto or, or uh, I think it's on BYU TV this time because we got to play those dudes. And so uh, looking forward to it, looking forward to seeing what you guys can do against, you know, a, a good squad from Provo. Nah, for sure. Yeah, we'll, we're, we're going to be ready. That's what, that's for sure. We're going to be ready. I think so. I mean, defense is clearly a hallmark of this team. And so we'll look to see what uh, this Wildcat defense can do to shut down that a good Brigham Young team. Right. For sure. That's it. No doubt. All right, DJ. Appreciate you coming on the show. And I'm sure we'll be chatting more as you score good layups and get those and one buckets. Uh, for sure. <laughs> thank you for having me. All right. We want to thank Dylan Jones once again for coming on Weber State Weekly to talk a little bit about his journey to Weber State and uh, all of the things that he's excited to work on and become and contribute to this Wildcat men's basketball team over the next four years. Now we're going to change our focus from uh, the player to all one player to all of the players that took the trip up to Portland this weekend to play against the Portland State Vikings. The Portland press was in effect. And so we're going to get the panel's takes on the two games that we saw one on Friday, one on Sunday and uh, talk a little bit about it. So I wanted to get the panel's overall impressions uh, on the two games we saw, because one game we're blowing them out by 30 next game. We're losing by a field goal. Uh, Tell me how you're feeling after a, a weekend of conference play and, um, you know, uh, kind of a mixed bag of results, as it were. John King, why don't you start us off? So first things first, I have to say that, you know, I really like the format of this year's, you know, basketball schedule. I know that this isn't something that's feasible, you know, moving in the years forward as hopefully COVID leaves us. Um but I kind of like playing on Friday and then turning around and playing um, a second game uh, against the same team on Sunday. I like that because I thought the second game was like, it was pretty chippy. It was a little more physical than the game on Friday night, really competitive. And I think that those are the type of games that this young, well, not young, but this, you know, basically brand new team needs to kind of become battle tested as the, as the, um, uh, as the season goes on. I mean, obviously you have a big win on Friday night and then, but to have a close game, on Sunday, while it's not the result that you know we wanted, it is something. Um, it, it is something that I think is going to benefit this team as the season goes on. The other big thing that I thought this weekend, especially in the second game, was I thought Dante Pass Bassett played really, really, really well, and I think that Coach Ray has a good problem on his hand because, as we've seen in the beginning of the season. Um, uh, you know, Cody Carlson has been kind of that number two score, that second option um, uh, for the team, you know, after Isaiah Brown. Um, but Dante Bassett offers something different. And I would and I would even venture to say that he completely changed the game on Sunday with his defensive presence, whether that was taking charges, contesting shots at the rim, um, just his energy on the floor. I thought really helped spur the comeback, you know, to get Weber State back in that game after being down 12 at the break. Um, so I think that, like I said, this is, this is a good problem to have, um, but I think that he is going to be, as the season goes on, I think it's going to be very important for this team to be solid on the defensive end. And I think that he is going to continue to build off of these tight performances and get better and better as the season goes on. Yeah, Dante Bassett definitely had a bigger impact in the second game. In the first game, you know, played just a few minutes, uh, not not a lot of time on the floor. I think they're still kind of maybe working him in. 15 minutes, though, but in the second game, uh, had, a, I think, like you said, a, a really big impact. And overall, 19 minutes on the floor, but ends up scoring 10 in that appearance as opposed to just five in the first, John. So good to see him on the floor and good to see him doing big things. You know, shot three. Uh, in the first game, which was like, wow, didn't know he could do that, but also rebounding and playing stiff defense. So good, good to see that. Uh, who, who else wants to give their takes? Uh, Sean Lewis, how about you? So, uh, as you said, it's a tale of two games. Uh, Friday night, uh, we talked about this on the post game instant reaction show. 
that there was really nothing to nitpick about Friday night. That was about as a clean as performance as the Wildcats could have put together. We talked about how uh, the game plan works, so no adjustments for Sunday, right? Well, Sunday comes, and that first half was about as awful as Weber State could have played. Uh, come back, lots of turnovers in the first few minutes, very lackadaisical uh, in the first half. Uh, Randy had to go back and do some coaching up at halftime, and you saw a different team from that first half to the second half. I, I thought Dylan uh, made an interesting point uh, as we were talking to him earlier, talking about uh, we went one of 11 from three-point land on Sunday, uh, only taking 11 three-pointers. We made 10 on Friday, right? The team made 10 three-pointers. Three so uh, that was a, a, a crazy dichotomy of stats. And what it tells me is that we went and made the adjustment that we needed to pound the rock inside, and and we did that. And our and our inside presence was felt, and that was where the comeback came from on Sunday. Uh, a lot of grit from this team to, to make that comeback, come back from 12 points. They could have just said, hey, we're done. These guys, it's not our it's not our night tonight, but they fought back. And I think that's a, a really good sign of a, of a good team. The other takeaway from this weekend that I really, really liked, um, four players in double figures on Friday, five players in double figures on Saturday. That's balanced scoring. Uh, our top score on Sunday was uh, IB with 15. Uh, but then we had uh, Zahir with 13, uh, DJ with 12, uh, Cody Carlson with 11, and Dante Bassett with 10. Uh, that's good production from all around. That means you're getting scoring. We're getting good passes. Uh, everybody's uh, spreading the ball around. I, that's what I like to see is the balanced scoring. We're not relying on one guy. Um, and, and we saw that on Sunday with Portland. Uh, they had to have Scott uh, go off for 26 points and Khalid Thomas go off for 20. They, they only had two guys that were doing the bulk of the scoring. Uh, and, and so I like that Weber's got the different options that they can go to. Um, if we, I, and, and again, DJ hit it, hit the nail on the head. When we talked about uh, Sunday's loss was more mental than anything. They, they came into the game thinking, Hey, we won by, by 30 on Friday. This is going to be easy again. And they weren't prepared to play. They turned it around the second half. Things didn't go their way in the end, but they were right where they wanted to be in the end. They had a chance to win. Sometimes the ball doesn't bounce your way. I'm not, I'm not disappointed with this loss. It's probably a good loss for this team going into the rest of the conference play. And always remember what Randy Ray taught us. We talked about this when he was on the show a few weeks ago. Win your games at home, 500 on the road. We, we did exactly that, 500 on the road. Uh, that's, that's expectation, and we're going to do fine if we do that the rest of the season. Yeah, very true. Like you said, uh, shot just one of 11 on Sunday, but shot a blistering 10 of 19 from three on Friday. So if just one of those threes goes in, the Wildcats win this game. Uh, AC or Chappie, what about you? Thoughts on this game and are uh, the last two games uh, this weekend in Portland? So I'll hit specifically on Sunday because um, I think the Weber State Weekly audience heard about my impressions from the, the first game of the set in our instant reaction show. So I'll talk about Sunday. Uh, you know, we always say that there's no, no moral victories, right? I think that Sunday's game was chock full of moral victories. I, and like, usually I, I don't necessarily think that I'm an optimist, right? I, I usually consider myself a pessimist, but on Sunday, so many things went wrong for this Weber State team, right? I think it was 12 turnovers in the first eight or nine minutes of the game, dug ourselves a huge hole, but we found the energy to come back. And we had two chances in the last, what, 20 seconds to take the lead in this game, even with everything going wrong. We didn't shoot well from the outside. We turned the ball over a ton. We weren't, you know, there were just so many things that were going wrong, but we still had a chance to win this game. And it would have been a sweep on the road against a really good team. And so this team is talented enough that we can still be competitive even when everything, you know, seems to be going wrong. So the first game of the set seemed like everything was going right. The second game, everything was going wrong, and we were still right in this game. Another big thing for me is in this two-game set against Portland State, I think the Weber State found – a potential consistent third score in Zaire Porter, right? He had 24 points in the first game, had 13 points in the second game. And he showed that, like Isaiah Brown, he can do it from all over the floor. He can create his own shot off the dribble. He can shoot from the outside. He can shoot from the mid-range. He can get to the rack. I think that this guy can be a, a, a consistent third scorer for this team that's going to be something that we really need to compete against the 
top tier of the conference against the Eastern Washingtons, against the Montanas of the, of the big sky. So really, I mean, when you're splitting a series on the road against a good team like Portland State, I really don't think that there's too much to complain about. Yeah, uh, you mentioned turnovers. Surprisingly, the Wildcats actually turned the ball over less in the second game. It didn't. It definitely didn't feel that way. They, they turned the ball over 17 times on Friday, but just 15 on Sunday. So strange because it definitely, like I said, didn't feel that way. And also, Zaire Porter had a great game on Friday, but he actually lived at the line on Sunday, shooting 9 of 12 from the free throw line and playing 37 minutes. So like you said, I think that the the impact that we saw from Zaire Porter this weekend is a harbinger or is a, uh, is a sign of good things to come when, like we talked about last week, we're looking for that third score. We're trying to find that person could be him. Chappie, what about you thoughts on uh, Friday and Sunday's games? Yeah. So it was a, it really was a good lesson for, for our team to learn, you know, they, they uh, Portland state came out a little bit hot on Sunday and, and we got down pretty good. And, and, and when you're, when you're facing the Portland press and you're not hitting your shots, it, it just, it starts to compound, which is exactly what happened. Um, so I'm really glad that our guys were able to, to, you know, um, get that. And Dylan mentioned it when we talked to him, get that out of the system. Right. And it, they're good lessons. These are lessons that I, I hate that it's conference game. It's okay. I mean, there's going to be teams that have the same thing happen to them. They're going to slip up because they just didn't have a whole lot of preseason games this year, you know? So I'm, I'm really excited about that. Um, I am also really excited about our big man play. Uh, I am stoked that we have like three legit big men in Kozak, Bassett, Carlson. Um, Bassett's definitely more defensive focused. And I love that. Like who doesn't want to have a, you know, a Rudy Gobert type down low, just eating it up and, and, and blocking it. And, and I love that Carlson, Carlson has really emerged. I don't think any of us saw him scoring as many points as he did coming into the season. We didn't, we had no idea that that was going to happen. And it's been just an absolute pleasant surprise. I, I love big men play. And I just absolutely love that we have three really good big men this year on the team. Can I add one other point to that, uh, Colby? And that is uh, we got to look at uh, um, the difference between the, the senior leadership this year and not having uh, experienced players last year. Uh, last year we lose uh, the Sunday game by a bigger margin because we're of the youth of the team this year, having some guys that have some experience that have uh, been in those types of situations. That was the difference in coming back in the second half. They didn't fall apart. They were mature. They handled it. They, they, they kept doing their game plan. Uh, they didn't, they didn't lose their minds over being down by 12 at halftime. Yeah. Well, and I, and I love that because it, 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 they, were, they were tough. We, we were all commenting on the game on Sunday with each other. And like, you could tell that like those guys were fighting to get back in it. And they're, they're, there's definitely a drive on this, on the team this year. And it's, it's, it's fun to see. It's fun to watch yeah. them play. We definitely saw that grit, like you said, coming back, being down 12. And it, cause it definitely felt like more than that, you know, getting it down to 12 at halftime was kind of a, a nice thing, but then, Wildcats came out in the second half on Sunday, really played with energy, ended up taking the lead back from the Vikings, um, just fell a little bit short at the end, but really a great effort. And like Dylan said in the last interview, good to get this out of the way and let the team feel this kind of loss early because it puts the fire in your belly to never feel that way again. And uh, hopefully it, it bodes well for the future. So panel i want to take uh really briefly i want to get your mvp of the weekend so that's between the two games that we saw on friday and sunday just give me a name who do you think was the mvp for the wildcats this weekend john king so i think it was zahir porter i mean one thing i hope that we continue to see as the season goes on is that I think that he could be a primary ball handler um, the way that he is able to attack the basket and get to the basket and really put a strain on a defense and draw those help defenders. I mean, I think, uh, I mean, obviously people are going to look at, uh, look at his scoring totals from the weekend and be like, wow, that was great. But he had five assists in the game on, uh, on Sunday, which shows his ability to be able to create offense because he draws so much attention when he goes to the basket, not all of our guards, um, uh, offer that to the, uh, and bring that to the table. So I'd like to see him really take over a little bit more of the primary ball handling duties just because he puts so much of a strain on the defense when he puts his head down and goes to the rack. 
Yeah, even with the press, Zaire Porter was very good, very steady bringing the ball up the floor, uh, felt comfortable with the ball in his hands. You didn't feel like, oh, no, he's going to turn the ball over. So, uh, John Lewis, MVP for the Wildcats over this last weekend. Um, if if Zaheer's already off the board, I'm I'm going to go with uh, uh, I, I'm going to go as a group collective the big men. Um, I thought they they played their tails off on Sunday. Uh, Kozak Carlson and Bassett. Uh, I I thought they did a great job together. Um, and and really, the defensive uh, aspect of it was great. Um, it's hard for me to choose between one of those guys, so I'm just going to say the Bigs as a group. Yep, That's the same as a push. Give me a name. I'm not letting you get by with that. <laughs> all right. No oh, pushes on the show. No oh, pushes. No pushes. Oh, all right. I, I'll go with Dante. Um, it okay. doesn't show up in the stats sheet, but made a lot of hustle plays uh, that, that made the difference in the second half on Sunday. Definitely. Uh, AC, what about you? MVP for the Wildcats this weekend. Give me a name. I'm going to give you an interesting name. I'm going to go with DJ, Dylan Jones. No, no push. Hey, you're the pushing one. I'm not pushing nothing. (laughs) Dylan Jones, Dylan Jones, my MVP. And here's why I think that the starting unit has proven that they can compete with pretty much anyone. Like there are times when our starting five just looks lights out. Mm -hmm. Everybody can shoot. They, they move the ball. Everything looks smooth. But the second unit has struggled at times. Almost everybody can shoot. (laughs) We won't get into that now. Um, so, the, I mean, the starting units, <laughs> I think they've proven that they can play really, really well with the best in the conference. The second unit has struggled at times. That said, Dylan Jones is a spark plug in the second unit. And, I mean, especially in the second game where he came in, he had 12 points off the bench. But really, I just I think he can do it all. And he's a true freshman. And so, I mean, going forward, he's going to be – a huge name for the Wildcats, hopefully for three, four years, you know, but honestly, I, I think that this guy is going to be a huge piece for this team, not only in the future, but right now for this year, because our second unit struggles, he can come in, he can score, he can rebound, he can defend. And so Dylan Jones, when our starters need to take a break, when our starters are off the floor, Dylan Jones is a guy that we can rely on. That's going to get the job done. That's going to bring the energy. He's going to bring versatility and he's going to keep us in the game when our second unit's on the floor. Yeah, Dylan was a plus 17 on Friday, played 16 minutes, and then he saw a, a huge bump in his minutes on Sunday, played 27 minutes, and was a plus 7. So, Chappie, take us home. Who do you think the MVP for the Wildcats was this weekend? Uh, it's our old uh, steady hand, Isaiah Brown, for me. Uh, you, you, we've, it's like we've gotten used to, to, the, to the Lights Out performances because we're he just keeps producing them. But, you know, having... Uh, Having 18 points, you know, being second in scoring on Friday, and you know, 15 points leading the team on Sunday, uh, IB is just doing his thing, and and I love watching it. You got to give the guy credit for showing up and hustling every day. Yeah, IB shot 50% from the field on Friday. A uh, little bit of a down game for him on Sunday, but still really good leadership. Uh, did a great job of spreading the ball around with four assists, um, only one turnover in in a game against the Portland Press. And so, uh, oh, sorry, I'm looking at the raw line. I had three turnovers in that game. But still, being a primary ball handler, bringing the ball up the court in the face of the press, playing 38 minutes, it's it's still, it's a good number. So, all right, Wildcat fans, we're going to move on to the final segment of our show this week. We're going to talk about our Santa segment. We're going to do naughty and nice. Uh, We're going to try and keep this really, really brief. Uh, we're going to ask our panel what's been cool and what's been nah this year in 2020 with Wildcat Sports. Uh, give us what's your naughty and what's your nice. Let's start this out. Let's go backwards. Let's start with Chappie. Give me your naughty and nice for 2020. Um, I'm going to start with with my nice, and, and it's kind of even maybe going to relate to the naughty, but um, the nice has been, you know, as an athletic department this year, the, the school's done well, but uh, as, as a lot of schools have struggled with covid uh, it doesn't feel like we've had to cut nearly as much staff as or furloughs or do anything like that as a lot of the other in-state schools have. You know, if, if you follow social media, you'll you see that uh, there have been quite a few layoffs and furloughs and other things that have happened at uh, at the other schools. And so I'm the nice is that we haven't had to do that this year. Okay? Um, if we're going a naughty, <laughs> I, this is more personal than anything else, but the the folks that have had to kind of move on from Weber State's athletic department, I I, I really liked them. <laughs> so so my, my naughty is that some of my favorite people up in the athletic department 
are uh, are no longer there. All right, we'll start with the naughty. It sucked that football's getting pushed back. That we didn't have a single game of Wildcat football in the year of our Lord 2020. It was just that was so hard for me to swallow, man. I'm telling you because this team is going places. I I think kind of the consensus, not just among us, but pretty much everyone is that this team's going to be special. It's going to be really special. And not having a single game, a single snap of Wildcat football this year was a little bit demoralizing. I'll be real. The nice, though, I got to give a shout-out to my guy, Maya Larson, and the ladies' volleyball team. I spent a ton of time around that team last season. Uh, they they went into, into March of 2020, had the best season of Wildcat volleyball in my lifetime. They ended up getting to the quarterfinals of the NIVC. We ended, we were so close. I mean, we were just a couple points away from winning the Big Sky Conference Championship for the first time in my lifetime. They turned it around. I'm looking forward to see what they do next year. I mean, we, we got games coming up just right around the corner here in January. They make the nice list for me. I, I got one naughty, and I'm, I'm going to do – I'm going to go a little bit off board, off book for the nice. Um my naughty, um, and this is going to be considered a hot take by some, um, and this is not a criticism um, of the guy that got the job, but uh, I, the naughty is that we did not do a national search for an athletic director. Uh, we kept it in-house, and I think we, again, no offense to Tim Crompton, but I think we could have uh, uh, at least looked outside to see what was available before just making that an inner, uh, inner uh, house in-house choice so that that's my naughty is that we didn't do our due diligence there uh, my nice um is that uh i think uh football recruiting is is doing awesome um and we're getting players that uh normally wouldn't uh uh, uh have, may not have made the choice to come to weber state before and uh so i think that that's that's a, a real nice but my real nice is that uh we've got a place and we've, we're building a community here weber state weekly um I'm proud to be associated with this group and uh, I'm very grateful for you guys for letting me come play in your playhouse. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for all the things that, that we've been able to do uh, as this group getting, getting that up. That's been the best part of my 2020 is, is getting to talk about Weber state sports on a weekly basis. Love it. Finally, John King wrap us up here. Naughty and nice for 2020. So since we've had limited Weber State action uh, in the in the year of our Lord 2020, um, my nice is going to be Isaiah Brown. Um, I have really, 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 really enjoyed watching him play basketball so far, and I hope to continue to watch him play basketball all throughout the season where he leads, you know, this team to Big Sky Conference Championship glory. But he has been so much fun to watch. We talked at the beginning of this year who is going to be the leader on this team. A lot of names are being thrown around. He is the leader of this team. He's the point guard. He is the primary ball handler. He runs the offense. He scores all the, he scores the most points. He has been an absolute joy to watch. And I hope that that continues at, throughout the rest of the season um, uh, for the, uh, for the Wildcat basketball team. He's the my, point God. Point God. Um, my naughty is head coach speculation. And the reason I say that is that, you know, going into this season, I, we all know that Jay Hill is going to leave Weaver State eventually. We get that. Everybody understands that. All I've said from August when we started this show is that I really want him to see this season out, whether that's in, um, whether that was this past fall, which obviously, obviously didn't happen, or if it happened, or, or with the season happening now in the spring, I really hope that he sees the season out. Now, with the head coaching carousel going on right now and, you know, Jay's name being thrown around for different jobs, whether that's, you know, at Arizona or whatever. Um, I really just hope that he sees out this season. I mean, I will totally understand if he goes and moves on and, you know, to um, uh, a bigger school that pays more money. It's a business decision and I get how the business works, but this has been, you know, five, six year project that we have kind of seen to the end here. And it'd be really nice since this is probably the most talented team that Weber State's ever had. If he was with the team throughout this season, just to see the project out. So that would be my naughty of the year, but it's totally understandable. I mean, we all know what's going to happen eventually. I just hope that he has one more year in him. 
Definitely agree with you. Hope to see this one through all the way to Frisco, Texas in the spring. So with that, we're going to wrap up the show, folks, by uh, bringing up some upcoming events. Uh, This Wednesday, December 23rd, men's basketball will be playing Brigham Young University at Vivint Smart Home Arena downtown in Salt Lake. That game will be at 5 p.m. Mountain Standard Time on TV, or you can listen to Steve Klauke call the game on 103.1 The Wave. Fine. Then after Christmas, we'll be back in action again, both men and women. Uh, Thursday, December 31st, women's basketball will be uh, hosting Idaho State in the Purple Palace, 3 p.m. Mountain Standard Time on Pluto, and also on Pluto TV. Uh, and the men will be traveling to Pocatello in what is normally our format. And so the men will be in Pocatello playing at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, also on Pluto TV and 103.1 The Wave. And then finally, on Saturday, January 2nd, we'll have the reverse of that situation. Women's basketball will be be traveling to Pocatello to play Idaho State. That'll be at 12 p.m. Mountain Standard Time on Pluto TV. And then men's basketball will be playing Idaho in the Purple Palace at 12 p.m. Mountain Standard Time on Pluto TV and 103.1 The Wave. So we're going to wrap up the show by letting you folks know if there are any thoughts in your head or ideas that you might have, feel free to email us at WeberStateWeekly at gmail.com. It's a great place to send us ideas and uh, share your feedback. We're also, like we mentioned at the top of the show, on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Twitter is one of the best places to interact with the Weber State Weekly team. And uh, follow us on Facebook, especially if you want to stay in the loop on our instant reactions as soon as the games wrap up. Finally, we've had a lot of content this last week on recruiting. There was National Signing Day, so we had a number of pieces on our blog at WeberStateWeekly.com to kind of help you understand who will be joining the Wildcats in future seasons, whether that is immediately in the fall or maybe in a couple of years after more LDS missions are served. But uh, stay up to date on all the best recruiting that's been happening mostly in the state, but a couple of really great recruits out of state. That's all on our blog at WeberStateWeekly.com. So with that, I want to thank our distinguished guests and panel for spending their time with us tonight, chatting about Weber State sports and all of the great things that have happened in last week. And so I'll send us off with Weber State, Weber State. Great. 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 Go Wildcats. Weber State Weekly is a Deep State Media production. It's produced by Colby Peterson. It's directed and edited by Dan Martinez.